This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskias, Leroy, Tiana, Jeremy, Jacob, Cheryl, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Eric. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another illuminated episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Welcome back, pal. Oh, thanks, pal. I was thinking I was thinking about illumination after uh playing the uh the wonderful little game Pentiment, um, which is uh has this incredible art style that is designed to look like you're basically playing an animated uh, illuminated medieval manuscript, and it mm-hmm. is oh, such a good game, such a good game. So does it have I've that been, kind of like old school medieval music? It really does. Oh, it's, that's great. Uh, yeah, I bought it oh, based man. on your recommendation. I haven't had a chance yet, but I very much look forward to it. I've been too busy losing on Marvel Snap. <laughs> you know, I actually heard that they just updated that to allow for um like you can actually battle with your friends now like on purpose. You can do like friend invites and mm. that sort of thing. So we ought to we ought to do that one of these days, set up a set up a few matches and see how quickly I get my butt handed to me. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty fast. Probably um. probably <laughs> pretty f- you know, definitely uh, of, of the two of the of us, I have probably the the less healthy relationship with video games. <laughs> Let's say, you know, you, you know, you, you play a game. I kind of live there for a while. You know what I that's, mean? That's that's true. That's true. When you when you find something, you typically like. I have never been somebody who will utterly lose themselves to a video yeah. game. No. I there was a time there where I thought maybe I might be to, you know, to games like Skyrim and stuff back yeah. in the day, but I I've found that I also will will often like like other things will catch my eye. Yeah. And I'll, you know, like The Witcher 3, I play the bejesus that out was of a, those out that of that game. It. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. I think the way I play video games is also a bit different from you. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like I don't know if I'm quite as hardcore as some other people mm-hmm. when it comes to being a completionist, but I definitely fall into that category. Like mm-hmm. I hate feeling like I missed things, mm-hmm. so I'm extremely thorough on right. my initial playthrough. Right. But then that that makes doing a replay like pointless almost less appealing because i feel like i'm like retreading a lot of yeah i'll intentionally ignore things i i if i think the game has replay value like for a game like witcher there really isn't anyway so like you 
playing it as a completionist, I think actually makes more sense. Mm. Um, but like Skyrim, like I think after like level 40, it's boring, right? You're so mm. godlike that like a dragon will swoop down and you sneeze at it and it perishes. And like, right. and so for me, I'm just like, well, I want to try a different build. I want to do something different. And I love that feeling of starting over. Even with Elden Ring, I haven't actually completed a, any of the new game plus modes. Not because it's like hmm. difficult, like they're pretty much cakewalks, but like, you know, I, I, I'll probably go kill Godric, maybe Renala. And then I just kind of go, eh, I want to do something else. And hmm. and for some reason, the 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 fact that I have all the items and all the stuff like hurts it, you know. Yeah, I need that early struggle. I need that search for items. I need to force myself to think a little bit more clearly instead of just relying on raw power. And so, hmm. um, yeah. Now, if a game has a lot of replay value, like I am there. Um, I'm all about that. Uh, but it has to be meaningful. Um, like with God of War, like I took a quick break from from Elden Ring to play God of War, uh, uh, Ragnarok, uh, one playthrough. You you literally don't need anything else. Mm. And then they they have all this like after campaign stuff. Could not be less interested. Yeah, because it's, like even one playthrough, story you've unlocked heavy. everything. Mm. Right. So it's not like you can go. Oh, I'm going to do a spear run. This time, oh, this time it's going to be all about frost axe, you know, and we're going to see how well that goes. And I'm going to make these other key decisions that are going to be different this time. Mm. Like they just don't have that. I think I think I've also noticed that I I am more I hate the feeling that I'm missing something that would otherwise make my play experience just all around better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, maybe, maybe not better. Better is a very subjective word, but, um, like, like I missed something important. I mm-hmm. don't want to be the dude who's talking to someone else who's a fan and have them go, Oh, did you find this thing? Because it's like the most awesome thing ever. I go, Oh, you know, I just breezed through the game and, you know, didn't really poke around. So, mm-hmm. you know, now if I want to experience that cool thing, I have to go do it all over mm. again. All right. Yeah. And, you know, I. Yeah, we both I always, hit that differently. Yeah. But, you know, nothing wrong with that right. either. But um, that means I tend to have, you know, a lot of games I've barely played. Mm. Um you're like steam is like the worst right because like oh dude you look at that your 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 backlog of that backlog is bad yeah i've got stuff i've bought haven't started yet uh things that were gifted to me i haven't started yet uh i've got stuff i've played for 10 minutes and then stopped playing it since the advent of the humble bundle and that's even worse (laughs) combined with the steam sales like Yeah. Once those two things yeah. existed in their current state, mm-hmm. dude, everybody's Steam backlog is like like hundreds of freaking games. <laughs> you know, you just have that compulsory like, yeah. but this typically $50 game is eight and a half dollars. I'd be a fool not to buy it. And then. <laughs> You're, you're not uh, see it. see I, I don't fall for that as much I, you know i, I, I do <laughs> i like to go through i like to scroll through and like build up the wish list and then never buy the things when they're on sale right like oh. like my my wife like will just bring home food 
from the grocery store because it was on sale. And I'm like, well, mm. but we don't need or want that. <laughs> but it was on sale. It's like, yeah, but it would have been cheaper to just not buy anything. It's right? the principle of the thing. <laughs> right. it's, yeah. a, it's a thing she got from her dad. Um, yeah. So it's it's cute. But we end up with a bunch of <laughs> random items in our little snack basket that like I just I find completely undesirable. <laughs> oh man. I I felt like that especially growing up like I would constantly tell my mom like mom, you know, there's nothing to eat. She's like there's plenty of stuff in the fridge. I'm like it's all condiments. Everything will be like these artisan condiments. It's like stuff you put on other things. I'm like there's nothing that I want to put any of this stuff on top of <laughs> help like, me out mom there's no lunch meat um no, no lunch meat. so my wife brought this up to me really recently it was something she had seen on tiktok which is uh probably unfortunately the source of most of her information oh um, boy but but every now and then she finds a gem right and uh so this was kind of interesting this lady was describing that there were like two different kinds of households that you come from you come from uh ingredient households or snack households and oh. and she brought that up to me because she was like I'm, i i definitely came from an ingredient household and she told me that i came from a um, a snack household which i think is true and i mean mm. it's pretty self-explanatory like when you had the munchies what did you do did you go to the fridge and put something together did you construct something or did you um you know, grab the string cheese or the cookie or the Pepsi, you know, mm. the unit of snack. Right. Yeah. And for me, it was definitely almost always like the unit of of thing. You know, now that I think about that, I I feel like our house. I mean, our house was weird for far larger reasons than this. But uh, I feel like ours was right in the middle. Like we'd get snacks. But never as many snacks as me and my brothers felt we ought to have. Like the snacks would get burned through super fast. And then you'd hit that point where there were no snacks. And we would have a lot of things that were like, it was like our house aspired to be an ingredient house, but didn't quite get there. Like my mom wanted to make stuff. And would have most of the things to make things, but not quite all of it. And it, we we like rode that line, and it um it left uh it left sometimes a sense of dissatisfaction. <laughs> but my thank God my mom doesn't listen to this show because she would give me an earful if she heard me. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I worked so hard. <laughs> like, like I would, and to to her credit, never. She, I would never criticize. It's just, just quirk. Never, never. Right. It's just, fun. it is. It's just, it's just, um, it's all quirk. It's all quirk. <laughs> so how are things for you, my dude? Well, um, I've been thinking a lot about game design again. Um, Ooh, because you know, with all the OGL stuff, I think that there's definitely an opening for uh, fresh material. Right. And oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, of course, like Paizo is just like raking in people. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in case you've been living under a rock, um, but you did manage to listen to our last episode about the OGL, um, you know, uh, Wizards basically entirely capitulated. That the fact that that happened 
at all is yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. you got so many people like like legitimate industry experts and like some major like big mm-hmm. professional people who are looking at this and going, this is pretty miraculous, really. Yeah, in fact, I was watching a, a YouTube video uh, with Sly Flourish, who's been on the show. Uh, yeah. And he was talking to a guy that's like a lawyer or something. And mm. he, he was like explaining how incredibly mishandled this whole thing has been from Watsi's perspective. How, uh, how, how dumb and amateurish the OGL even is in the first place. Hmm. And, and how it's, it is like you're saying, like miraculous that, that has come to this. Right. That a company mm. would just kind of go, OK, we lose, you win. Yeah. Like and, 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 I, and a I think the company. Uh, but like part of the issue, though, is that it's still not done. Right. Because it, yeah. like the OGL is just like part of it. Uh, like, yeah. There's oh, still there's still the attempt. The attempt was made. Yeah. Right. There's still damage being done. Right. Because like there was the attempt. And so there is that like lack of trust. And personally, I'm not sure how many other people feel this way, but you know, for me, I still feel like the there needs to be that firing. Somebody needs mm. to to take the L. Someone needs to fall on their sword for the for the sake of the company. And laying off a thousand basic workers is not what I'm talking about. Well, right? and you know, to to be clear for everybody, the the way that announcement has happened that Hasbro is going to be laying off about a thousand people. Um, it came out in, it was phrased in such a way that it made it sound kind of like wizards of the coast was going to be losing those people. And they're not, it's not going to be wizards of the coast there. These are people that are being laid off from Hasbro proper. Wow, and the, right. most of the headlines were like Hasbro. Oh, comma owner of wizards of the coast comma for the clickbait because yeah yeah and everybody's like oh the ogl happened now people are gonna you know be getting kicked out the door okay thanks for the clarity uh, on that i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't i mean with all the drops in the subscriptions you know it's if they don't get all that market back it stands to reason that there's going to be um, layoffs sure um though i i hope it's not like on mass well Al- they although they were they were saying that the that the layoffs were basically uh being prompted by the fact that uh with the exception of wizards of the coast and they they specified this in a news release that wizards of the coast and their digital digital gaming uh division right with the exception of those two groups the rest of the company had underperformed and right. had not met their goals so right. it, it's like there's nobody leading it right right and there's there's no vision there's no leadership it's just and this is just the problem with so many publicly traded organizations hmm. that they they look at just what is the quarter, right? What is the quarterly yeah. earning? What's the increase? We demand, you know, 50% increase in profit all the time, right. you know, double profits, whatever. And it's just like, it's so sh- like short-sighted. Yeah. And, you know, and again, I would really recommend watching that slight flourish video because uh, the guy talks about how like Microsoft would, would try these things mm-hmm. and like they would try to make everything that you would interface with, like have to be a Microsoft product. 
Right. And, and well, they actually, I mean, and heck, then they actually did better when they backed off of it. Right. They actually I mean, did App, better when they just that's said that's pretty much what Apple does. Yeah. Yeah. Apple right? tries, but there's so many alternatives now, yeah. you know? And so, you they know, it used to be way worse about it. it. It's really annoying when you see like something that's like not running on a USB. Right. Cause you're just yeah. like, okay, you're just trying to be obnoxious. Right. You're trying to like trick me into doing this. Right. And like everybody knows this is what everybody uses, but you just decide you're going to make it special. Yeah. Uh, you know, i.e. proprietary. So everybody has to buy your special thing and uh, they're just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. They just, you know, people don't want to have to put up with that stuff. So you actually right. do better when you just, when you just back off. And so like Watsi is, is losing because they decided to go for something they frankly didn't need. I mean, they were, they were at the heyday of, of their growth and they are, you know, the movie's about to come out and make it the biggest thing ever. And frankly, the timing the movie, could not have been worse. The The movie is going to decide a lot of things. I think, I think the movie is going to kind of, I, I, I'm not going to say it's the decider, but it's, you know, it's very possible that the movie underperforms and then, you know, the sort of 15 minutes of D and D's revival kind of comes to an end, or it's mm. possible that, you know, it just has mainstream appeal. And so we, you lose some of the more informed fans, but, you gain a lot of the people that you were gaining through like stranger things. Yeah. You know, where they're just like, well, we're actually still doing fine because casual audience doesn't care. They just yeah. thought, Hey, Chris Pine, funny dragon. Yeah. Right. And you know, I don't, I don't, not that yeah. I would blame anyone for that. You don't know what you don't know. And it right. doesn't have to matter to you. Yeah. And at this well, point, I mean, you know, they've gone far enough that I don't feel particularly vindictive. I just don't know. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to buy a, a Watsy book for the sake of it, right? For the sake of right. adding to my collection. You know, I, I looked right. at the Dragonlance book. I thought that's a, that's a pretty cool cover. I looked around in it and I thought there's nothing interesting in here. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure there is, but like there wasn't, these are expensive Nothing books. immediately <laughs> caught your eye. Nothing caught my eye. I was like, why don't, can't you guys just make the third, you know, Xanathar slash Tasha's? Can we just do that? That's that, that's the best book. It's yeah. The, it's, I don't want any more adventures. I don't need it. It's not, it's not useful. But you they know? sell, man. They sell. Yeah. I mean, because of the, the collecting aspect, I think. And, and, uh, I'm not sure that it's, I think that that side of it could be getting hurt, right? Mm. So I, I, you know, I look at Spelljammer. I think there are way more people that that run modules than maybe we give them credit. I think there's a lot of people that start modules, right? Like there, there's probably. I mean, because let's face it, most games don't end right. Well, like they don't end for the right reasons, right? (laughs) Sure, they come to a to an. They just stop. They just stop, right? Yeah, and so I think. Um, I think people go, ooh, pretty cover, but I'm, I'm not sure how much of that actually gets used aside from, let's say, like Curse of Strahd, which, you know, tends to it. Th- you know, people say it's one of the more user friendly ones. It's the more useful one. Um, mm. It has the right kind of uh, structure to it. Uh, I've always just, you know, personally anyway, which is, of course, not market research. But like for me personally, I've always found uh, those adventure books just kind of uninspired, uh, frankly. Um, and like there's, there's ideas to, to steal, but, um, I'm never all that interested in, 
um, you know, kind of doing it like one for one. Like mm. I, I get the draw to like, we want to play official D and D, right? We want to say that we had this experience and there is this idea of having that shared experience with everyone else. Like when you talk about doing curse of Strahd with people, you can refer right. to like the details together and talk about how you, you both approached it. Right. Yeah. And, it can be very communal. And, and I totally get that, you know, and I think some of the modules are that way, uh, like Tomb of Annihilation, like people want to talk about their horror stories and the horrific ways that they died, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And then um, what's the other one that's like really popular? The um, uh, the Dragon Heist, right, is a, is a yeah. big one. But Actually, like, speaking of heists, uh, they just released a, a preview for a new uh heist based anthology um of like a bunch of self-contained kind of oceans 11 style uh heists really um Mm -hmm. that that um i was talking to a few people today who went and scoped them out and i i went and took a quick peek today and they actually look pretty cool like Mm -hmm. um a lot of uh they have it structured in such a way where you get that kind of like the, the fun planning phase and you go through like, you know, picking up clues, getting, you know, informants and stuff like that. You've got a, you know, different cool contacts that you can use each map in the game. There are two versions of the map where one is the GM's map that has all the, um, all the, you know, the little notes and stuff on it and, uh, the, the key and stuff. But then there's another map that is specially made to be the thing that the players get and that they can all reference and plan off of. And, you know, it's missing like little crucial details and things that you can, find or uh make up for that can introduce interesting complications but it's treated as like this in-world item that the that the characters get to use and stuff it sounds like they've actually really thought it out pretty well in fact Hmm. i think at least one of the heists in it has you going to uh like steal something from a from a location that's going to be in the movie, which is kind of neat. You know, so. this reminds me, you, you sent me a copy of blades in the dark and I, and I still haven't uh, cracked it open yet. I, I need to, to research it for that because I hear that that's what that game is really kind of designed for is that, that specific um, kind of experience uh, still, you know, that does sound a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But, so I, I, mean, I think my original thing. point was just I'm going to be more choosy going forward, you know, yeah. with, with the books, because now I don't feel that same kind of I have to collect everything. You know, I'm supporting the brand. It's like, eh, am I, so, I need to support Nord Games, right? I need to support, uh, yeah. you know, everybody else that is like producing content that's like actually interesting and useful, you know. Um, hey, speaking of which, I uh, I'm just starting um in earnest working on the final uh the final book in the trilogy that includes uh spectacular settlements and dangerous destinations this one's going to be wondrous worlds so i've been uh working on 
the outline and some chapter ideas and things recently. So that's been that's been pretty interesting. So the, that's the, coming the up. trilogy. There's it's not going to be a, a, a quartet. No, no, heck, no. Yeah, after, I've had after, enough. After worlds, that's it, baby. No, no, no. Uh, gorgeous galaxies or. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have like uh like universe will be in there and I mean that that's gonna kind of be a catch all spot for um for kind of radical realities. Ideas. Radical reality. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's Funny do it. philosophies. <laughs> like it's just gonna it's gonna just get concepts. more and more abstract like critical concepts <laughs> the, the just like these doctoral th- theses on <laughs> it just gets more and more just esoteric and just freaking weird the the final book is just going to be like thinky thoughts there's going <laughs> to be just, like thinky thoughts <laughs> i like that i want to read that think, it's like a bathroom thought. reader like hey, yeah it's, it would it, be it's like giant covered. font and it's just like the dumbest stuff. But then there's like far about the cartoons. author page in the back. And it's just you, but in a black turtleneck and a beret. Yeah, <laughs> of course, because because that's the level of pretentiousness looking, looking angry at the camera. Yeah, like I'm not pleased thinky about thoughts. being photographed. <laughs> I'm thinking my thinky thoughts. Because I'm a thinky, thinky person. You don't even have like a fancy drink. It's like a, it's like a yoo-hoo. <laughs> With a straw in it. Oh my God. Not even like, not even like a cool bendy straw or anything. It's just one of those like, like as limited. It's one of those crappy paper straws that start to get soggy five oh, minutes I after you. Those. Dude, paper straws. I'm so glad I don't live in California. Oh my god! Paper straws feel like crap on your lips. They feel so bad. It's Uh, just like like they kind of stick, and they're like a little bit rough and just uncomfortable. mm -hmm. It's like that same feeling you get when you go to the doctor and they use a freaking cheapo tongue depressor. It carries (sighs) the flavor a little bit too, which is like not so good like it like your container matters right and like that's why like soda always tastes better in like glass bottles right oh Um, maybe you know uh not for me not for me um that that glass bottle coke from mexico baby oh my point is like how bad do we really need sea turtles right like i just polar bears sea turtles i mean that sounds pretty superfluous to me i don't know i well, I mean, I mean, I don't want to have PETA coming down and knocking on our door, but at the same time, like, that's a pretty decent level of notoriety. And I mean, I guess, you know, they say, you know, no PR is bad PR, although we've watched quite the opposite. Watsy could tell you otherwise. <laughs> like, there definitely is bad PR. That's there definitely is. a thing. There um, is. You know, they did not. This was not 40 chess as far as I can tell. Um, nope. It was 40 mistakes. 4D. You know, <laughs> this was this was stepping on the rake and having it hit you in the face. <laughs> like this was like the uh, America's funniest home videos with Bob Saget still alive doing the commentary. It was um, not funny doing his little voices when Uncle Lou oh, gets hit in the man. balls for the ninth time. He um, does. Uncle Lou. <laughs> 
was having no children after his appearance on that show. And everyone just like sit there and laugh and laugh that, you know, see of, of white people only in that audience. Like the poor man took a baseball bat to the crotch and he's been laying on the ground for like a minute and a half and no one's gone over and go, holy crap, (laughs) Uncle Lou, are you dead? Which makes me think that like, man, they like hate Uncle Lou. (laughs) Dude, Uncle Lou, only good for a laugh, not good for being alive. Yeah. You know, could take or leave Uncle Lou, probably leave. So (laughs) anyway, let's... You know, talking about, you know, the original point being like game design, right? Like, it's yeah. like, well, what, what do people want? You know, what did, what do we want to make? What do, what are we interested in? So you found your niche with these like world building uh, books that people, you know, really like. They, they really it like to use seem them that way. Yeah. They, they seem to, to really dig it. And, and you, you know, and I said this last time, but they are, a, they're an immense value. I mean, they they cost about the same as a Watsy book, and it's like triple the content. You know, oh, it'll break your coffee table. That's for sure. Yeah, that that's like your family Bible is going to be like, hey man, like what the heck? You're cramping my style, bro. <laughs> You're cramping my style, right? Said said the Bible. It's bad enough Verily that you cut, thou cut out most of me to hide something. Style. In <laughs> <laughs> that's um, true. Yeah, I want to hide something in a book. That'd be rad. I got, <laughs> I, I just don't have many books that I don't care about. I'm like, oh, I like this book. I started reading my youngest daughter, the, uh, the Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. That's <laughs> a uh, big ask. No, man. It's fantastic. After about a page, she's KO. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> this is for me, not for you, kid. <laughs> Yeah, she says through it, and then she just like knocks out. I'm just like, this is beautiful. Mm. So you know, <laughs> there you go. That's pretty that's good. the way to do it. Uh, so I I opened up an old file and I started dusting off some some stuff and I started looking at some old game design ideas I had, I had had and then just kind of shelved. Right. Um, you know, it's hard when you have a full time the morgue. Yeah, it's you know the morgue. Yeah, you might call it that. And yeah. well, I uh, mean, in in art school, they uh, especially when I was an animation major before I switched, um, they they literally did call it that. They're like, as an artist, the best one of the most useful tools you can do is have a morgue where you basically build up all your references and all your ideas mm-hmm. for projects and stuff. You just jot them down on a little piece of paper and stick them in a, in a file folder or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, in a computer file or whatever, what Mm -hmm. have you. But you have that central location where you just kind of, anytime you have a cool idea, but you can't quite get to it, you just write it down, throw it in the box, write it down, throw it in the box. And then every so often when you're feeling, you know, strapped for ideas or, you know, like you just can't quite find that and that's like part of what i've been discovering here like sifting through some of this stuff is Mm. you know this this one document i was writing there's like three games in here that Mm -hmm. need to be separated from each other right oh sure you know because it is very much like that that graveyard of ideas yeah just you know it's just pieces so it's a it's a it's a bin of 
disorganized Legos, you know? So did you find anything that surprised you where you were like, wow, this is like, I came up with this? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did kind of find some stuff like that where I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. And then, um, so like, like the stat system is, is where I would like typically start with like a TTRPG, right? Yeah. Is, is like, where do I want to go with that? But, um, you know, so like the first inclination is, okay, how do I reword strength text content? You know, and to yeah. snap, well, no, it's not the same. This is more unique. It's not. And <laughs> it, and it's really not right. You know, and even what I came up with, while I think is a step in the right direction is, not entirely separated, you know, right. It's, it's, um, I was watching this video, like, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a second, but I was watching, um, guy Sklanders on a YouTube video, talk about how to build an RPG. Cause yeah. he, cause he built his own, he built bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And I think he's made one or two other ones. And, uh, like one of them was, was just because his boyfriend was like, make a game that doesn't have like dice in it. Right. That, that was bounty hunter. If I remember, no, I, think, right. I think there might be another one where it was like, yes, no, I did it. I don't do it. It might be bounty hunter. I don't know, but I know that bounty hunter is diceless. Yeah. I know that it's based on essentially a point system where your HP and action points are the same stat mm. or not even stat. It's the resource. And then you just, um, you spend it as you want to do a thing. Right. And then you kind of run out of a budget or die. Right? Yeah. Um, which, I I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I but I did purchase it and I've been been interested in trying it. Um, but anyway, he 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 uh, gives like five points to think about because he likes to keep things to like tight lists, right? That you can yeah. easily kind of remember and and think about. And the first like question lists. he he asks is why? What are you? Why are you doing this? Mm. Um, you know, and you know what do you? What are you trying to, what do you really want from this experience? And, um, so I wrote like the joy of doing it. That's like Mm. number, number one, right? It's not always about trying to like make your big break, make money. Like sometimes you just want to make a thing. Yeah. Just, you have a creative itch and you want to scratch it. That's valid. Um, You know, uh, but then I got a little bit more on topic. I wanted to create a system that was focused on, uh, dramatic duels essentially like Mm -hmm. like sword play with dialogue where instead of casting spells we're trading lines quips and progression against each other and that are having like buffs and debuffs and advantages and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um and so there was that and then the my third goal you might say is like make a small book rpg which can be quickly and enjoyably learned Mm. Um, I don't want to make an Andrew tome. No, nope. want to make a. This is almost a pamphlet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've um, heard of RPG like design jams where yeah. the where the straight up like the whole exercise of the thing is they will go any participants who want to do this. You've got you know you've got four hours to make a one page. RPG, not even one page front and back, one page, one side. That's it. And like that, those constraints, 
really do create some they they push you to come up with some very interesting ideas and they kind of force you to really nail down what exactly is your system trying to do and you throw out the rest and it makes you really kind of get that kind of razor focus on a specific thing um and and yeah. you you and you get that kind of super quick pickup experience. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting idea. Yeah, it is. And I I need to to just you know knock some of this out, like because a lot of my like mechanics and stuff here are still just like kind of vague, mm. out of context ideas, you know. And uh, and like I said, there's like probably three games in here mm-hmm. um, that I want to that I want to hit on, um, and I need to get it in front of people. You know, get them kind of collaborating and talking about what they want from a game. And um, I guess I, I also wanted to pose the question to you. Sure. Um, you know, what is, you know, I know you've been kind of looking for some something of a different experience. And that's part of why we did the Fate School. And mm-hmm. we've talked about doing other ones. And but I would say, you know, you you go out. Andrew goes out to the market and he's looking around and he's saying, I want a game that does what? You know, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to know is, you know, what are you hoping for or looking for? I know you're also mm-hmm. kind of like stepping back a little bit as well, but, you yeah. know, assuming you wanted to sit down and play a game, you just found the right group of people and yeah. it was just convenient for your schedule. You know, what would that what would that be? I something that that I enjoyed a lot when we were learning fate was just the the free form aspect of it where it's like um you know what one thing that i that i've realized with rpg design and stuff is one there are so many systems out there especially like those little like even those little one page indie things like where if you really dig into the ttrpg community you can find systems for most things so for me when i think about the idea of designing a system or um that sort of exercise in general is do i need to because mm-hmm. there there you know the old saying goes there's nothing new under the sun you know yeah of course there, of course there's, there's a there's a reason like strength dex con you know that stuff has been yeah, done work, so many they times work well exactly they they work they, well um they function and but sometimes we, but we do want variety. We do want flavor. And sometimes we want a game that is made for a specific task. Yeah. Right. That plays like in the dark. You're not going to use it. Probably. I don't know that much about it, but as I understand, you're not really going to use it to do mass warfare. Right. Sure. You're, you're yeah. you want to, you want to do a heist of some kind. Right. Yeah. And so, so that's what we're doing. What is the experience that Andrew is I curious want, about? I want to have an RPG experience that allows for fun social interaction and mm-hmm. role play mm-hmm. that does that does not stop and does not slow down when combat happens. I mm-hmm. I want I want an RPG where the combat feels and flows just as smoothly and organically as air quotes, you know, non-combat role play time. 
that's one of the things that drives me nuts most about 5e is mm. how you know and i know some people don't run it this way but i feel like it's the experience i've typically had where mm. there it always feels like there's this major shift in perspective between and just how the game is feeling between when you're RPing versus mm-hmm. when you're having combat. And it often yeah. to me feels like it's like, okay, now we're just playing a, a tabletop minis war game. Right. And like all this other stuff just went Which, out to the be window. fair is one of its goals, right? Sure. Like, like, so, but when you're looking for a different experience, you don't necessarily want the minis versus minis wargaming well, experience if, you want a more narrative I, succinct even if flowing I, thing even if i am having like it's not the fighting with the minis that that bothers me it's the way you fight with the minis you know mm. it's it's the way the rules start to get in the way of mm. the story and i want i want that mm. narrative and that that feeling of RP and storytelling to easily carry into to be baked right into the combat mechanics mm-hmm. so that it's all it all feels cohesive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's probably in a nutshell, you know, at least generally okay. what I, I'm I hoping don't, for. I want combat that's not boring and slow. I would say is, is, you know, and is in assist the narrative as opposed to, uh, removing from it. Right. And, and I agree, um, with that sentiment largely. Cause I, Mm. I mean, while I do like the war gaming aspect, you know, there are times where it gets sloggy and particularly if you put the emphasis on war and which is to say there's lots of units. Yeah. That's why a lot of my fights tend to be, a, like a raid boss and maybe like two cronies right that are easily dispatched and you know? i i i often find myself thinking about this and and going like it's not that i don't like war games either like if somebody was like like hey you want to sit down and play freaking battle tech or warhammer or you know even um you know any kind of minis war game or something where it's like like tight deep combat mechanics and mm-hmm. that's what it's about like warhammer I'm, right yeah, yeah i'm i'm down i'm down to try it mm. but when i sit down to play an rpg i'm sitting down to play an rpg not a wg mm-hmm. and you know if if i want to do that heavy mm-hmm. war gaming i'll just go play a heavy war game sure let, let me right. let me move on a little bit sure. like what what about uh like genre like um, what kind of universe are you interested in in exploring i mean i i've always loved fantasy and there'll always be a place in my heart for it um but with with a bunch of like the new tv shows and stuff that have been coming out and i've been right, reading yeah. more books and stuff like i I know you want that like Dresden experience. Oh That's, like, one. man, it's so cool. It's mm-hmm. such a really neat mix of like modern day that takes place where we live. It takes place in our world, right. but it integrates the supernatural and all these, you know, different monsters and magic and all these things. And it, it, I, f- 
I feel like it has the potential to allow for this kind of organic level of immersion. It's like, you know, the, the Dresden Files takes place in Chicago. I've been to Chicago. I've seen a lot of the places <laughs> that that they that they anyway. reference, like freaking Wrigley Field. You well, know, I mean, stuff. Uh, lots of like things have done similar things like that. Right. So that, that might just be one of the, the better, newer examples. Yeah, I mean, um, just, just something that's easy to immerse yourself in while still giving you that bit of like you're you have a good understanding of where you are but you can do things that you couldn't normally do you know i that to me sounds really cool okay okay so um so that was the that's the next thing that he asked the second major question is genre Mm -hmm. and what i wrote was basically soul caliber (laughs) hmm um, but mixed with like a Kurosawa movie, because I'm with you when it comes to like breaking narrative during combat. Right. Yep. And like w- my biggest goal here, I would say is to kind of square that circle a little bit too. Mm. I want th- that moment where the dialogue that we're having is about the plot and the fight is like part of the symbolic struggle between us. Right. Right. And so, you know, I imagine this sort of samurai character, you know, with his blade locked against, you know, the big ax wielding barbarian and like the sparks are flying and they're like close together and they're saying some stuff to each other right? about their like core motivations and what they want. And then that, that other moment, well, the standoff when, you know, it's all down to one last charge and strike and then it's over. Hmm. Um, and so like creating like specific actions where you should enter dialogue here in order to push or gain an advantage, hmm. right? It, where it's mechanically kind of roped in. And I've got, um, so this is where it, it comes back to like, what are you using for stats? Hmm. So, so you've seen, you know, uh, D and D does, uh, six stats and yep. I know there's like a ton of games out there that do tri stat. Yep. Um, right now I'm looking at four, um, mm. and instead of them being like my problem with stuff like strength is that like, why can't I be a skinny, strong person? Right. And, but at the same time, I also want to be able to have the fantasy where I'm playing Gregor Clegane, but nice. Right. Right. Whatever it is. So it really came down to what are the four philosophies of fighting? Hmm. And these can reach out to other aspects of the game. So what are the four different ways you might approach fighting? So I remember because we were talking about Sandra Clegane like two episodes ago. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember a line where he was like arguing with Arya about like what makes a good warrior. Mm. And she, cause she was talking about like Serio Pharrell, you know, being yeah. her teacher. And that he was the greatest swordsman in Bravos, and, and Sandor was just making fun of her. Mm-hmm. And like, like he died to Marin Trant. And then right. he's like, well, he only had a wooden sword. The best swordsman in Bravos didn't have a sword. <laughs> and then he says something. Well, when you say it like that, it sounds stupid. And then, and then he gives his like his philosophy. And I, I, I don't, I mean, none of it's in the book, but at least I don't think it is. Uh, you would know better than me. But anyway, um, he says on the, the effect of what you want is like a big effing guy with a big effing sword. Right? Yeah. 
And, and I was like, that's, that's a core philosophy of, of fighting. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's other ways of, of looking at it. So the way that he fights in the way that uh, Braun, Sir Braun of the Blackwater fights uh, are yeah. not, not only different techniques, they're completely different philosophies about what combat is. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and you see that throughout other characters in that same universe. So here are the four. Okay. Okay. And I, I want to know what Andrew thinks of them. So the first one is discipline. Training and regimen are keys to success. Win battles through methodical and adaptive techniques and combinations. Stay cool under stress and avoid manipulation. Mm. So I'm trying to think of who that might be more like, maybe a little bit more like Eddard or maybe even Jamie. Yeah. Um, to an extent, if we're just using like Game of Thrones characters. Yeah. Um, the militaristic, um, this is proper swordsmanship. Um, when this happens, do this, right? Yeah. I mean, ha- having it's, it is weird now that I've been doing HEMA, um, which is for, for anyone who's missed uh, previous episodes, I've been doing this thing called HEMA, which is historical European martial arts. And I, I've actually been like trying to learn how to actually sword fight and stuff. And what's, what's very interesting about it is that there are very often once you start getting to, especially to like, you know, where, where you would actually be considered like a professional at this stuff. Um, there are lots of answers for lots of uh, any fight is a, is an ask and answer sort of situation right and depending on looking for different cues in how how your opponent is shifting themselves moving you know how they once you get to bait out how they Mm -hmm. like to move and things like that um it's it's an ever-changing kind of uh situation so having that treating it like you know, this is exactly what you do. Doesn't it feels a little almost too rigid to me mm-hmm. where yeah. like you, you almost have to have um, in order to well, be it, like, like I say, it's one of the philosophies, right? So it's right. like, yeah, of course people aren't going to like it. And also you're meant to mix these a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously you don't just have strength or decks, right? I'm, I'm just more wondering about the overall, accuracy of the idea Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. whether it actually like if there was that that school of thought Mm -hmm. when it comes to discipline being about that sort of rigidity versus whether it would be about just um more repetition and being and focusing on active training and having refined technique in general versus I think, you know, I'm thinking of like that Bruce Lee quote of, I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks, but the man who's done one kick 10,000 times. Hmm. Right. Where it's just like the perfection of technique. Sure. Um, like just really honing that training, but yeah. like, it's like, you know, one kid takes karate class and they're basically learning discipline. Right. Yeah. Another kid laughs at that kid and he says, I learned to fight on the streets. Right. Yeah. And that comes to two other stats I have. So one is instinct. Okay. 
And the other one is cunning, right? And so instinct is all about raw battle experience and like touching onto animal instinct. Yep. So like sensing when you need to do things instead of thinking about them, you know, and, you know, this is also kind of where like your barbarian rage can come from and, you know, adrenaline energy, that sort of thing. And cunning is about, you know, that Sun Tzu view of all warfare is based on deception. Mm. I am trying to get you to overextend, show me weaknesses. I will, I might do things that fight dirty. That is 100% true. You're right. Well, of course you're trying to bait. You're trying to bait out tells and things like that and imperfections and things you can exploit. Yeah, you want to get those exploits. So, and then the last one is that Sandor Clegane. I don't love the name of this. Maybe you can think, help me think of a better one. Uh, but the name I came up with was Power. Um, mm. There's no substitute for overwhelming force. Better armor, weapons, size, and muscle means you can ignore anything beyond the most simple truths of battle. Yeah. Kill them and, before they kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and that that's a huge I mean, no pun intended. That's a, (laughs) that's a, that's a really big part of it. I mean, quite frankly, if in, in most cases, the person who's bigger and who has superior reach, you know, if they've got, they're going to have a better uh, advantage at landing. It's a a massive advantage. If you run into a person who's got, you know, six inches on you in height, 60 pounds on you in weight, like, the simple fact you guys could both have the same sword, but mm-hmm. but the big guy's sword can hit the little guys and the little guy's sword can't reach the big guy. Like mm-hmm. that's the fight right there. All he's right. got to do is freaking land one blow and you're freaking toast, you know, and, and that's most sword fighting is like or any fighting. Really? I was watching the Rocky movies again uh-huh. recently and like they hit each other so many times. Yeah. Like Rocky never blocks ever. Mm-hmm. Like he spends 90% of the he just, fight. He blocks with his face directly in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just like, what, you um, know, it, I think, I think it also bears mentioning and, and I mean, we're, we're pretty much at time, but yeah. Um, I think it also bears mentioning this is what you're trying to do is a game you and you are not necessarily trying to replicate actual fighting. You're trying to replicate dramatic fighting. But into to to that end, I caught myself doing the same problems I always have when it comes to game design, which is I start over designing, right? Yeah. I start trying to account for every little thing. Like I was catching myself, you know, worrying maybe too much about range and right. weight and, you know, all these considerations that are real, but is we it, have, we have to go back to the basics. Is it a game or is it a simulation? That's, right. yeah. that's the real question because this and, is why video games work better with crunchy rules like that, right? Because they can all be automatically uh, calculated, but we don't want to do that when we're sitting at a table together. Right. And we're more interested again in the dramaticism of combat as opposed to its realism. And you so know, we, we, we this, set our roots in realism, but then we have to go beyond it. It, Yeah. And you have to abstraction becomes a necessity. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the die roll itself, when you think about it, it is supposed to represent the accounting of all variables. Yeah. Right. Like the, the, the direction of the wind, the glint of light and where it reflects, um, a sudden memory, a distraction in the corner of your eye, uh, a smell, you know, any little thing that could, we could theoretically roll, right? But right. Let's not do that. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to roll one time and then we're going to determine uh, what happened. And then you can simply explain reasoning through storytelling. Right. Yeah. It's just that so many times and, and I'm guilty of this, too, because combat takes too long is like we just get to, OK, you dealt five damage. Great. You know, instead of doing the the full narrative and explaining how these hits are landing and stuff like that, because frankly, when we do that, then it takes even longer. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing I really hope to do with this game is make it feel a little bit more like, um, the, the newest iteration of, um, Samurai Showdown, mm. um, where you basic, basically a character can take like three hits and at most, right. You know, some of these fights can be settled in a single blow. Yeah. Um, I also want to do an asymmetrical, uh, system between, enemies and players mm. um where maybe players are the only ones rolling dice yeah and uh um and i know this is wouldn't be the full first system to do that i mean almost everything here is borrowed sure um, so, i mean at, anyway at this point you know that's it's so hard to design something that i mean it borderline impossible uh to design something that literally has zero external influences. Like you, you just, it, how, you, how you obviously can't, you, you, obviously you have can't. been alive. You have been well, influenced it, by things. So there you go. And, and one of the things, again, we're learning from the OGL debacle is wait, what does Watsi actually own? That's in these yeah. documents. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And you know, I, I'll mention this too. This idea in terms of the like the dramatic sword fight kind of uh kind of thing. Um I it does make me wonder whether it would work better as a self-contained board game or card game instead of an RPG mm-hmm. because it especially no, I don't think an, it works at all that way actually because um, because you have to rely on the player's ability to deliver interesting dialogue and meaningful yeah. dialogue and yeah. that requires context of story and stuff and then what are you right, doing exactly like if it's all about the fight that's not really i mean you, right. you see what i mean yeah no i, I and and i hear you but that is where we we have barely even touched on the social aspect and and there is mm. an expectation to do the the story building so that there is dialogue to have mm. right like i want it to you know kind of the way you use like fate points and aspects in fate in order to like your enemies are supposed to be so difficult that running at them and pressing your button shouldn't be enough right and so, no, this is built with the idea of it being an RPG where dialogue matters and building skill using dialogue is part of the challenge of the game. 
um, you know, and they'll, those actually rope in to the discipline, instinct, power, and cunning, uh, as well. They're going to have reflections in terms of, you know, discipline being, I'm trying to resist all these things to cunning being, I'm trying to trick anger, piss off, seduce, whatever my opponent so mm. that they make mistakes or power. I'm just going to yell at them like as loud as I can mm. and, you know, bolster my own, you know, feelings and, you know, instinct being kind of similar in that way. And all, none of this is well-defined yet, but sure. The goal ultimately is, is, the, is the RPG because uh, the, 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 I think the ground is fertile right now. Sure. You know, which, and, and again, it's really more about me wanting to exercise. And I, and I hope that other people will, will also feel this, this energy, this desire to, to start, you know, dusting off some old ideas and creating. If anything, I think, I think it would probably work best as a one shot RPG, sort of like Honey Heist, where you sit down as, as the players and in the first phase of the session, you're almost having like a session zero sort of thing where you guys are hashing out what the scenario is, who your characters are, what their, you know, what their, their goal is, who their opponent's going to be, why they're mad at their opponent, or, you know, what, what the, what the setup for the fight is. You establish that. And then the second half of the session is the fight. And then you have you have this ability to build up the drama quickly, have the fight and 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 the story right there, because it also feel freaking weird if it was like every week. It's like you have your drama set up and it's leading up to the fight. You have your setup that leads to the fight. And, you know, you could see how it might start to feel samey if you were trying to do this long, drawn out campaign versus establishing a nice tight story with well-defined characters. And then you have them throw down and see who comes out on top. And then you have just this nice, tight, satisfying experience where you get that cool fight. And then next time you get the fun of putting together a new fighter and approaching things a different way. And you get that nice quick turnaround time. That's definitely not my intention. and, and, And I almost couldn't disagree more, but at the same time, I have no idea. Right. And, and who knows what it could become or not become. Right. And so maybe you're right. And, but maybe, maybe the intention will, will win out. We'll see. All right. We won't because I would have to actually write it first of all, Mm. um, instead of just shout ideas into the internet. But speaking of which I would be interested in hearing other people's ideas shouted out into the internet about things that they would like to see mechanics that they're, they find interesting and like what kind of games you would like to to play in the future um because i think that the the there is going to be kind of a revival movement of hey do you did you know that other rpgs exist mm-hmm. and and people are going to be looking for that oh i think so, that's already that's already started in a, oh, for, in yeah, a big yeah, way yeah. Um, yeah we'll see if it lasts and, and i hope it does we shall we shall indeed well that's time for us folks so, uh, as, as Adam said, we would love to hear from you. And if you would like to hit us up, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is at IP RPG cast. 
And on Facebook, obviously, just look up Inspiration Point Podcast or our favorite option, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and check out the different tiers we got. And if you support us at any of the levels listed there, uh, one of which being just a buck, you can hop onto our private Discord channel and chat with us there, as well as hang out with all the other wonderful people mentioned at the beginning of this episode. We would love to hear from you. Um, Apart from that, thanks for hanging out with us. And, you know, if you have a game design itch, try writing some stuff down and play test. Try things out, see what feels good, see what doesn't feel good, and read up on what the experts have to say and just give it a shot. It's, you know, real. try to realize those ideas that are in your head. And uh, we'd love to hear about them. Adam, you got anything else? Yeah, if my idea sounds uh, good or bad, let me know. <laughs> and if uh, uh, you think that you've got a better idea, you know, um, or at least something that's that's interesting, I re- this isn't just me saying this to be nice. Uh, you know, I really would read it and be interested in it. Um, you know, I I want to see more kind of grassroots design happening. Um, so right on. It's the last thing I would say. That sounds great. All right, y'all. Until next time, stay inspired. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.